Welcome to the official Guns Up Nation podcast, the premier voice for the fearless fans of Raiderland. Oh, 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 he's the worst Red Raider, unbelievable! The Scarlet and Black are back on the final bowl club, and they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Let's meet today's hosts. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another installment of the Guns Up Nation podcast. I'm RC Maxfield alongside Tobias Bass down in H-Town. Tobias, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. We're just going through some crazy stuff in the world right now. Just hopefully everyone's being safe and staying healthy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, on today's show, we're going to talk about Texas Tech volleyball, Texas Tech soccer, as they venture a little bit up north to Norman, Oklahoma, to play OU, and hopefully they can get their first win of the season in Big 12 play. And then we're obviously going to have to talk about Texas Tech football and how they head up north just a little bit further to play in the Little Apple, and hopefully they can get their first Big 12 win of the year against the Kansas Jayhawks or Kansas State Wildcats, excuse me. But first of all, let's start with a fun story. Um, so we have it on the website right now. Um, Kobe, our guy that makes all our graphics and stuff and makes us look good in the videos, you know, um, he sent the thing in a chat him and I are in with uh, Michael. And would you believe it if I told you Patrick Mahomes has the highest – selling MLB jersey? I, I definitely wouldn't have believed it. Now, that, that doesn't even make sense. Obviously, he's a football player, but that's, that's crazy. It's true. Who's, who's second? That's what I'm getting to right now. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, no, I know my... I'm Go sure ahead. you could probably guess him um, in terms of who's second on the list. It's a guy from the Angels. Um, no, not Mike Trout. Not Trout. Also, that's an embarrassment that you did not know who Mike Trout was. Not on nah, you. Not on you. Not on you. I know you know who he is, but it is embarrassment yeah. on baseball that he is not the Michael Jordan of our time right now. Oh yeah, no, no Trout. He's he's a, he's a sicko. I, I watched him play a few times in person. He's he's amazing. But you're in the right city. So it got to be the Dodgers. Yeah. Well, there's, that's the only other team in the yeah. Team yeah. Uh. Got traded from Boston. It's, it's, Oh, um, he's. Uh, I know his name. I know his name too. Uh, don't, don't, don't. I know his name. Um, are you willing to put a bet on it? He's he's cold. He's he's very cold. He um. Yeah, are you willing to put a bet that you know his name? I know his name. It's uh. I just told you his name. What you just say? Bet, bet, bet. Oh, Mookie oh yeah, bets. Mookie, Mookie bet, Mookie bet, Mookie bet. No, 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 no. He's second. No, he, yeah, no, he's 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 different. He's, he's how, second. How much does it say? How much the gap is? It doesn't say the gap. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. And I'll shout out the guy that we saw the tweet from. It was at KC underscore fun. His name is Ryan D. Um, he tweeted it. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of crazy. If you want to get more um, details on it, go over to the website gunsupnation.com. Uh, we mentioned Texas Tech volleyball. They're up north in Ames right now. Um, they're down two sets to one right now to the number 13 team in the country. The Iowa State Cyclones, Texas Tech, we talked about them last time. They uh, split with West Virginia um, in their first two uh, matches of the year back in uh, Lubbock this past weekend. Um, Texas Tech's got a little bit of growth to to bias, but I really like the two transfers. I know you probably haven't gotten a chance to see them, um, and if you have, please tell me I'm wrong, but the two transfers, I I really like them in blouse. Um, And then the name escapes me right now – from Texas A&M, I believe her name is Savannah. 
Yeah, I haven't watched them a lot right now, but I mean, no, I think they, they would. They split with the uh, West Virginia, I believe. Yes. Yeah, they split with them. You know, they kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of give me headaches too sometimes because, you know, you see the potential. You see they're young. I mean, I guess they're not really young anymore, but they're middle-aged to older now. So you'd like to see them try to get over that hump. But, you know, the Big 12, they're a very good uh, volleyball company. They have a ton of ranked teams, you know, every year. And, you know, so hopefully they can get over this hump and, you know, bounce back. But they are playing a very good Iowa State team. Yeah, no, and it's Samantha Sanders. I should get her name right before I even try and guess. That's the first rule in broadcasting, never guess a name. Um, but, no, Samantha Sanders, she transferred from Texas A&M. And then I, I really, really, and I mean really like this girl that came from, um, excuse me, up from um, Washington State. Mm-hmm. I really like what she can bring to the table for Texas Tech because Blouse is her name. Um, she was a true freshman last year at Washington State for the Cougars, transferred back closer to home, and now she has a pretty integral role. I'm not trying to say she's taking the Emily Hill role because I don't think anybody can take that role. I mean, that's arguably, the what, the greatest player in program history um, yeah. in Emily Hill. But I like her activity, and I think, you know, maybe not this year, but I think next year she can take that jump to where maybe she's getting preseason all Big 12 honors and then hopefully finishing there as well. But as of right now for the Red Raiders up in Ames, they are down two sets to one. In the fourth set right now, Iowa State does lead at 14-13. to 13. We'll keep you updated on that. Let's move over to Texas Tech soccer, though, Tobias. They've uh, struggled out of the gate. You know, high expectations. Everybody's going to bring their best. That, that goes for any sport. Texas Tech got a tie in their first game of the year. Um, and then last weekend, they lost to the number nine Kansas Jayhawks by a score of one to nothing up in Lawrence. They now head up to Norman to try to get their first win of the year. I mean, if they're going to want to win the Big 12, Tobias, especially with that case, that Kansas win against them, um, they're probably going to have to finish strong and, you know, win out. Win out. Yeah, I'm they're going to have to win out. You know, unfortunately, at the beginning of the year, they were dealing with some um, some COVID cases and that kind of – and I know I know, coach don't want to have any excuses, but I know that, that that affects your team, you know, practice time, you know, having to – you know, not being around your teammates, but hopefully – you know, high expectations work for this team. Hopefully they can bounce back. It's kind of far-fetched to say that they will win now, but they definitely have the talent to do so. Yeah, it's all going to be about health um, and, you know, yeah. uh, and, and the COVID front and then just normal injuries that happen in soccer. But I expect them to come out tonight, you know, floor down, foot, foot on the gas, no holds barred, and they're just going for it um, because they realize now that there's no postseason. I mean, I, I know that they realized that beforehand, right, obviously, but – that Kansas game was huge because it was basically them in Kansas who was going to win the Big yeah. 12, and now they got the upper hand on you. You need help. And Texas Tech, yeah. and you, you mentioned him already, Coach Stone, they don't like to make excuses. That's a no-excuse program. And I can promise you, um, and the game's on Fox Sports Oklahoma tonight, and you'll be able to watch it if you're in Lubbock, and should be able to watch it on the Fox Sports app if you have that as well, um, the Fox Sports Go app, I should say. Um, I expect them to come out, and I would not be surprised if they just – put the pedal down and they scored two goals in the first half and do not look back against the Sooners because you know, you, you hear some of the, um, you know, press conferences that coach stone had a couple of the players had this week and you could tell that they, you know, they're always level-headed in that program, right? You know, coach stone likes to make fun of people. We all know that he's a fun guy, but when it comes down to business, coach stone is all about business. Um, And you could tell in his press conferences, he was just not having anything 
other than just straight focus this week. And, you know, when that usually happens, they go out and they blow teams out. So I expect mm-hmm. Texas Tech to come out and just absolutely dominate Oklahoma tonight. I'm not saying Oklahoma's a bad team because they're not. They're projected to finish middle of the pack in the Big 12. But I expect them to come out and Texas Tech truly show who they are tonight. Right, I agree. I think they come out because, like you said, when Coach Stone, when he – Gets focused, those girls focus. They know how serious he how serious he is and how he can be. So and I think they know what's at stake. They know that we need help, but we only can control our own destiny. So we have to win out going forward. And I think that's what they're gonna try and plan to do every game going forward. Yeah, no, I'm really I'm really interested to see. I didn't get to see um a lot of the game last weekend. I don't know if you did. Um but I really wanna see potentially coach stone because you know he loves to run obviously the goalie back in the back so there's 10 but he really loves to run that four four two right um really loves it kind of a hybrid actually where it's like a two two a little further back two in the middle but technically it's four and then obviously the four on the back line um i really want to see if coach stone you know if he just wants to come out fully aggressive and we know how he is if he just kind of, you know, throws caution to the wind at some point this year, and he's like, I'm throwing Jade out there, I'm throwing Allie, and I'm throwing Kirsten Davis out on the, on the field at one time just to see what happens because there's no team in the country, and I mean absolutely no team in the country that could compete with that on that back line. Yeah, no, I agree. I would, I would do it too. I mean, I would just do it just to see, you know, see what happens. You know, you have three girls like that that can score like that. I mean, I would I would do it if they can play off of each other because you just have so many options at that point. It makes your – Often it's a lot tougher because you can't you can't guard all three of them. There's nothing really you can do. Yeah, so if no the way. girls are being, especially they're like communicating and sharing the ball, there's nothing you can do with the defense. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all works out because you look at what Texas Tech did against Kansas again, number nine team in the country, um, and it doesn't get much easier after this. You know, you talked about how these good teams are, especially in volleyball. Tobias, soccer's the same way. Texas Tech right now, if you exclude Baylor, their first game of the year. They're going to play three ranked teams in a row. They obviously – or not three ranked teams in a row, three out of the next four, excuse me. They played at Kansas, obviously lost that one, at Oklahoma. But then when they head back to Walker Soccer Complex, it's going to be the number four team in the country, the West Virginia Mountaineers coming in, and then they go to TCU the next weekend. So this is going to be a really big test these next couple of weeks for the Red Raiders to see if they actually are going to live up to the hype and, you know, really have everything going and clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they have a – this conference is really, really good at their soccer. So, they know what's at stake. But I think I'll trust them. It's just – I mean, like you said, we thought – we didn't think scoring would be an issue for this team. You know, hopefully they can, you know – for them, when it rains, it pulls. They start seeing, you know, shots going in because I think that's when they're really going to start seeing the team, you know, take off. But I just think they need to see a couple of them go first and just boost their confidence uh, going forward. But, I mean, coach, coach will definitely have them prepared going forward, though. He'll have them prepared, and I know he'll have them, you know, mentally, you know, focused. But, you know, the times we're living in right now is tough. You know, the girls, they can't – they're not living a normal life. You know, you're already as a student athlete, you're not living a normal life. But it's also harder when you can't see your other friends, you can't hang out, you can't do certain things. It's hard. Yeah. So you have to, like, reason with them with that, but also keep them focused on their studies and soccer. So I feel for them the same thing, but I know Coach will have them ready. And it's weird now looking at the box scores. Jade King and Allie Griffin have not played a single minute this year for Texas Tech so mm. far. Um, so you got to wonder maybe um, they obviously missed the first game. Um, they obviously missed the second one too. Maybe there's lingering effects. Maybe they're just trying to work them in back from injury, giving them proper amount of time. Obviously, Jade King had that serious knee injury last year uh, that cost her her season, and she got to come back. And Allie Griffin um, – 
was thinking about playing last year, but then she had surgery as well. So it's going to be interesting to see if they actually get to see the field this year, because I would love, as we talked about, to have those three on the field at one time and just, you know, all systems go, just see kind of what happens because there's no back line in the country that could defend those three if they're on the field all at one time. Now the defense might suffer, but that back line is, you know, I'll take my chances when I got Hannah Anderson, you know, Amanda Porter, as well as Cassie Hyatt, the All-Big 12 member back there on the back line. So um, going to be interesting to see if they play tonight. Again, Texas Tech soccer is set to kick off in Norman, Oklahoma at 7 p.m. Central time, um, just about, what, an hour, 15 minutes away. Um, that'll be there. Uh, it'll be on Fox Sports Oklahoma, excuse me, and it should be on in the Lubbock and 806 area. But Tobias, before we get into the game preview, we got to talk about today's sponsor of the podcast. That's Two Docs. We've been mentioning them for what the past seems like forever. These are our yeah. guys. I mentioned it last time we had a podcast just a couple of days ago. I went to Two Docs and I got to see JC talk to him. Said he loved what we were doing, loved everything, and had a great response from the Guns Up Nation. We really appreciate that. That people are actually going out and listening, and you know, actually using this promo code, saving themselves yeah. a little bit of money. You know what yeah. I mean? This is a great place to get great beer, live music. Even Tobias doesn't drink beer, but I bet he drink beer from Two Docs. Um, great food trucks. I know he'd be eating the food from Two Docs. Um, the, the, the food trucks, that's for sure. But this is a friendly environment down there at Two Docs. It's located at 502 Texas Avenue. You got to go check them out. But if you can't go down to 502 Texas Avenue in downtown Lubbock, head over to TwoDocsBrewing.com. Use the promo code GUNSUP, GUNSUP, all caps, and every – order you have a $49 or more, you will get free shipping. Again, if you spend over $49, you will get free shipping when you use the code GUNSUP. Again, use the code GUNSUP and get free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go see our friends down at Two Docs and support local business and tell them Guns Up Nation sent you. Tobias, let's get into this damn preview because Texas Tech should be 2-0 right now, if we're being honest. Um, They're not, but hey – it happens. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast. You can go check that out here on the Facebook page as well. And if you're listening on the audio version, be sure to go check out Guns Up Nation on Facebook. Tobias and I talked about it a little bit, but let's get more in depth, Tobias. What are the three key factors to this game for you, for Texas Tech, to come out of Manhattan with their first victory in the Little Apple since 2008? Um, composure. You know, we usually don't play well there. You know, I don't know how much fans are going to be there, if there's going to be any at all. But I think composure. Also, scoring, you know, don't turn the ball over. You know, this team, they've caught, I think, what, four interceptions this year. I think they forced Plus four fumbles. Turnovers. Yeah, they, they definitely forced a lot of turnovers. So I think you're going to have to be, you know, careful with the ball. They're going to have to be tough. This team is tough. You know, they were down to OU at, on the road, you know. They could have easily packed that game in a lot, but this, you know, they came back and beat OU. You know, this team, that team was projected to potentially go to the – uh to the playoff. So this team's going to be tough. So, you know, if you go up 10 or even a touchdown, you're going to get there. They're going to come out there firing. You know, they're going to come out. They're going to be tough. I think they're well coached. They're a tough team. That's always how they've been. So I think those are my three things, composure, toughness, and just kind of be mistake free. Yeah. Mine is you got to come out fast. You got to hit K state in the mouth quick. Um, and in a hurry, you know, you, you talked about that OU game a little bit and what they did and they not backing down. Spencer Rattler was a Heisman candidate. I mean, yeah. you, you look at the quarterbacks that have played at Oklahoma the past three years, all of them have been in the top two or they've won the Heisman. Um, so 
when you look at that, you know, first of all, hats off to K-State. That was a hell of a victory down 21 yeah. points in Norman. Mm-hmm. You don't pack it in like you said, and you come back and you hit the number three team in the country in the mouth at their home place. Good for you. That, that's, a, that's a program-defining win right there. Yeah, um, but for me, if Texas Tech, you mentioned it. They don't play well in Manhattan. They just, they just don't, you know. And, um, you know, the, the last time that they played well was in 2008 when they won. Um, and so when you look at what Texas Tech, in my opinion, has to do to go in there and win, first of all, you talked about it, turnovers. I think turnovers are critical. You know, Bowman had two interceptions that y- you and I could have made those throws. Like yeah. there was no read to it. Yeah. He just kind of picked one guy and, he, you know, he maddened it. You know, and sometimes where you're running that vert route and you're like, I don't care if there's triple coverage on, you know, whoever it is, Jamar Chase or, you know, Julio Jones or whatnot. I'm throwing it up. I don't care. Right. You know, you're just doing it. And, and that's kind of what he looked like with Vasher. Like, I don't care if there's three guys around him on this comeback route. Like, he's in Bermuda Triangle, bro. You don't throw that ball, but he did. Um, and so I think that's really the big one um, is definitely turnovers. Obviously, I said come out fast. And then what I really want to see Texas Tech do, and this is because the other two teams that Kansas State has played haven't been able to do it. I want to see if they can, you know, assert themselves in the run game. You look at yeah. what Kansas State has done, they really hampered – um Oklahoma last week in terms of the run game and then in Arkansas State I mean their corners got beat don't get me wrong um but they they kind of limited both teams here to limited amount of rushing you know you you look at Arkansas State they go up there in week one against Kansas State they beat them 35-31 and they they had 159 yards rushing um but there was a couple of big plays that they had did the did the Red Wolves so then you go to Oklahoma you're like, okay, Oklahoma, you know, they don't, they're not with their best rush running back who opted out of the season right now. That shouldn't be an issue. But they only rush for 130 yards. Usually Oklahoma with that big physical offensive line, Tobias, they can really do whatever they want in the run game. But what weirds me out about this, see, I'm looking at their stats. They're a very um, weird offensive team. So their leading rusher has 92 yards. Yes. I mean, we're only, two, we're only two games in, but that's, I don't know, that's weird to me. Maybe I'm well, going out of well, considering Kansas State is usually a running team, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, that, that's very weird. I mean, Thompson, I feel like he's been there forever. I, I don't know. I just feel like he's been there like 80 years. I just No, he's like, definitely the Perry Ellis of uh, Big 12 football. Yeah, I feel like he's just been there so long. But nonetheless, you know, he's three touch, three passing touchdowns, no interceptions. He also has three rushing touchdowns, but he only has 17 total yards. He has 16 rushing attempts. 17 rushing yards, but he had three touchdowns. Sure, he so, has, he, there's some sacks in there, but yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's some sacks in there for sure. But he likes to, you know, move around a little bit and extend plays and things like that. But they're a very weird offensive team. I think it's just because you know, they force so many turnovers, they get the ball at good field position, and, you know, kind of there you go. Yeah, for me, the guy that um, – and, and you can talk about him too. It, it's Deuce Vaughn. If Texas yeah. Tech wants to win, they have to contain him. This guy is – a Darren Sproles type guy. Yeah. Um, he's their leading rusher with 92 yards. Tobias talked about him. And then he's also their leading receiver with 153 yards. You know, yeah. Tobias gave a lot of these stats out there. Um, and Deuce Vaughn, he did have half of his receiving total come on a 77-yard um, long reception. But you look at him, they're only averaging, um, and, and not Deuce, but the Wildcats, they're only averaging 2.4 yards a carry. Yeah, like, they're, they're really they're, weird. Yeah, they're, they're weird. That's weird to me. Well, I mean, you you just look at it, you know, good for them. They're not turning the ball over very much um, in the grand scheme of things. There's no interceptions. Um, 
for this club right now. They're sure tacklers, definitely, um, on their defense. The thing is for me, obviously, when you, when you talk about K-State, you have to take away Deuce Vaughn. That's the problem, though, is who's going to be that second guy that steps up. You'd think it would be Shabaston Taylor. That's their star wide receiver on the outside who's averaging 23.8 yards a reception. Ridiculous. But also, the guy that the, he really likes, Thompson does, and, and you hear this a lot, you know, with young QBs, Tobias, that they always love their tight end. Well, we, we just talked about it. Thompson's been there since, you know, as long as Perry Ellis was yeah, in Kansas, yeah. it feels like. Um, he probably still there. Yeah, well, yeah, we can't confirm or deny that Perry Ellis still has eligibility. Um, but Briley Moore is their tight end. He has 10 receptions. He leads the way in receptions. He almost has a third yeah. of their receptions this year for the Wildcats. He has 85 yards, but it's a, just a dink and dunk guy. So he's kind of this, you know, Jason Witten security blanket for Thompson. Really what I want to see is, especially on the outside for the defense, obviously I think you have to put one of those guys like a Merriweather or, you know, a Rico on Thompson because Thompson can run. He was a little bit injured and hobbled the first couple weeks. But what I really want to see, and this is going to be the key point on defense for me, is obviously you're going to have that spy on Thompson. But how do you guard and who gets a majority of their reps against Vaughn? Because he lines up as a receiver. He lines up in the mm-hmm. backfield. Do you want to put, you know, a Zach McPherson type guy on there or a Leggett type guy? Or how, how, how does this work? Who do you want on there? Because I don't feel comfortable with a Boyer Randall on him. I don't feel comfortable with a Schooler on him. Uh, do you put a Leggett on him? Where do you think Texas Tech goes with that? Me personally, how Leggett was hitting last week, I want him in run support personally. Because I, I feel like every other play he was just, you know, busting somebody down. But yeah, um, yeah he, he was, he was, I don't know, I don't know what guy, because I know him personally. I, I'm, I'm not here. I've never seen him hit like that. I didn't know he could do that personally. I ain't ever, ever, I, I, ever. I, I'm telling you, I, I didn't know he could do that personally. But I think I want him to run support. Maybe you do put someone out there like a. I don't know. Maybe you put Monroe. I don't know. Someone. I put, it has to be someone that can cover because someone that can cover and can tackle. I know I'm asking for a lot from Texas defense, but he Vaughn is one of those guys. We talk about this a lot in the Big Four. If you don't tackle him immediately, you're going to have a problem. You're done. You're done. Yeah, yeah. you're done. And you need to tackle. I mean, as soon as he catches the ball, you need to have a couple of hats around him. You need to tackle him immediately. I don't. Maybe Monroe can kind of maybe shade to that side. Leggett, I think, will be fine. Maybe Leg. I think Leggett will be fine, but. Someone has to be able to tackle him immediately. I wonder because there's been rumors now that Demarcus Fields will come back for this game. Um, yeah. I don't want Demarcus Fields on him all the time, but nah. I wonder if nah. that helps in the sense of like what you're talking about, where Demarcus Fields does have some safety experience, right? So maybe they can move Monroe down and yeah. just kind of like use him as a spy um, against Vaughn. Because again, you mentioned this as well. You have to have a hat for a hat, and then on Vaughn's case, he's so shifty. You might want two hats to one hat. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. I think those are the two guys. Now let's switch over to the Texas Tech offense, Tobias. Um, we saw what happened with K-State in week one against Arkansas State. Arkansas State had a wide receiver, score three touchdowns, basically got himself drafted um, yeah. that night. Um, you know, the, the crazy part is Arkansas State the year prior had two guys go to the NFL um, from their, their team. You know, and, yeah. and this guy – and I'm talking wide receivers here. So – you know, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Um, and then, you know, okay, they're going to, you know, get beat because, you know, they're going into Manhattan and stuff. And then they surprise them. But really, you look at it and you just look at everything that they've done. And, I mean, it, it, Adams Jr. just absolutely dominated for the Red Wolves. He's a taller guy. Um, 
you know, you kind of, you see the resemblance on, you know, his height and everything. He's 6'3", 222. They have problems with bigger wide receivers. I think Eric Zakama, as well as TJ Vasher, have a field day with K-State because their tallest corner is 6'1". Mm-hmm. It's kind of a similar Texas situation where they don't really have much size on the outside. And we remember what Ezekama was doing as well as TJ Vasher. It's just does Tech capitalize and finish the game out on this one? But, yeah, I agree. They do have uh, shorter corners. But what I'm interested to see is uh, are they going to start blitzing him early and often like we saw last week against Texas when they started bringing pressure or when their dean was able to get pressure. Bowman started, you know, getting such with the football. He kind of was just throwing ducks pretty much for the most part. Uh, Kansas State, I think they have six sacks on the season, so I want to see if they're going to start bringing pressure early and often. Is that going to be the story of what Bowman's season is going to be like? Because you see when he brings pressure, you know, and Texas, keep in mind, Texas, they only have, I think, two sacks coming into their game. So I think if teams are going to start bringing pressure, are we going to start seeing that not only from Kansas State, but teams going forward? Because he has talent. I mean, he has one of the best, best running backs in the Big 12. He has several good, you know, receiving options. But – if teams are to bring in pressure, how poised and composed you're going to be. And they do bring pressure. We've been talking about this and harping on this for so long. If teams are to bring pressure, this is where I think they need to start using the tight end more. He can just be that dink and dunk guy. Girl. They're going to be sending guys. He needs to be sitting right there in the middle of the field, just throwing it to him. The Bowman won't get blasted, and that guy can get, you know, he'll be another option. Yeah, no, and that's the thing that's kind of um, surprised me, um, especially in this Yost offense, is – you remember when he first got hired, they said that the tight end was going to be utilized more. Um, and I thought he would be utilized more this year because kind of, as you mentioned, the offensive line has, I thought has done a pretty solid job. They definitely haven't been great mm-hmm. by any means, but you're right. When Bowman gets pressure in his face, his first reaction is just throw it high. And Oh my God, I hope TJ Vasher's there. Well, just give him the dink and dunk option. Like you're saying three, three yards is much better than an interception. Or an incomplete pass to Kuntz is a much better job than an interception, right? So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that because, again, I've been harping on it all year, Tobias. they they got to use the middle of the field more. And this would be an opportunity for them to do that, um, especially when there's pressure in their face. Now, I will say this. It's going to be um, a little interesting to see how the offensive line does shake up. Don't know who's all back this week, um, especially with the way Texas Tech has been kind of – I wouldn't say secretive – but they've kind of, you know, kept injuries under wraps, especially with COVID, which is completely understandable. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they have everybody back on the offensive line this week in terms of who were projected starters, or is that left side going to look a little different? And if it does, does that impact Bowman and the game plan in terms of getting the ball quicker out of his hands? Yeah, because the key question for me is if, if, you know, this is for any team, but if they can get, you know, pressure without blitzing, that's going to be scary. Oh, because you know, because not only is he getting pressure, you know, now you're just in a whole different type of. So I need the offensive line. They're gonna try to do the best that they can, but I think they need to start using Townsend more, and they need to start using tight ends. But one of them needs. I mean, obviously Thompson as well. But one of those three guys needs to be that dink and dunk guy. Maybe you want to have Thompson blocking to have Townsend like a little, you know, him just like a little two yard out. He just turns around and catches it. Maybe the tight end can just be on a drag or something across the field, but. I think they need to start using them more because those little tunnel screens, I don't know why we – I feel like we invented the tunnel screen. I'm getting tired of seeing those. They don't really work. It's kind of like – because to me, when we do it, it's automatically second down and like nine. Like, that, that didn't do anything. True. Like, it, 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 it's, it's pretty much a waste of a play, and it's just a – it's, like it's like a selfish thing. It's like a 
we're going to get him 10 completions this game strictly off of uh, tunnel screens. Like, okay, he has 10 completions for, 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 for 11 yards. Like, what, 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 does that, what does that mean? Like, I don't – you know, maybe one of them breaks for two yards. It's like, ooh, did it work? No, let's run something else. Let's do something a little bit different. You know what's crazy? Looking at K-State's stats, um, you know, they're one and one, right? And they have a top 10 win under their resume. Mm-hmm. Um, but they allow more points defensively than they score offensively. Okay. So they, they have, they've allowed 35 points a game and only scored 34 and a half. The funny thing is Texas Tech is one and one as well. They've allowed 48 points and have only scored 45.5 points per game. Hmm. What, what's the, what's the over under on this game? The over under is 64. I am taking okay. over. Yeah. I'm taking the over for sure. I'm definitely taking the over. Yeah. I am taking the over. I'm not saying for sure, but I think it's going to be close. I think they probably get to like 70. Um, yeah. I think this game is going to be in like the 38-31 type range in terms of uh, victory, something like that. But let's get that prediction, Tobias. So you look at the line right now. Um, Kansas State is favored by two and a half points. 59% is taking Kansas State to cover, um, which is an interesting total. Um, The money line is plus 110 for Texas Tech. The over-under is 64 they're going up to Manhattan, Tobias, looking for that first win um, in the Little Apple since 2008. Do the Red Raiders get it, and why? Are there going to be fans there? There, are, there is going to be fans. I think it's 25% capacity. At least there was in the first game when they played Arkansas State. I, I don't want to do I'm going to pick Tech. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to pick Tech. There. I'm going to pick Tech to win. I'm not confident about it. Um, I don't – I think they're going to go up there and beat Kansas State. I think the score will probably be 41-38, Tech. Okay, give me the player of the game. The the player of the game? Mm -hmm. Defensive and offensive. Let's do that. Let's have some fun. D, okay. Well, okay, offensive, I want to pick a – Thompson, maybe they can run the ball on him a little bit. Maybe he can make some play. I feel like it's not a cute pick, but – I thought I'm probably going to pick, pick that, especially yeah. since Oklahoma couldn't do it. But hey, I like the yeah. confidence. I want to pick. I want to pick him. And then on defense, um, I'm, I'm probably going to go with your guy, Mary. But I love him. I, I like him a lot. He, he, yeah, I've been gonna, telling you. I've been he's telling gonna, you. He's going to make an NFL team very happy in the in a couple of years. But I'm going to probably pick you. him. I think he's going to have to be that guy that's going to have to come down and tackle Thompson because you know he likes to extend plays and kind of run around a little bit. I think he could be that guy that can come down and you know, you know. Tackle him in open field because we're going to have to have someone that can do us. I want to pick uh, Thompson on offense and uh, Merriweather on uh, defense. Okay. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I actually told you my score earlier. I'm going to say 38-31 Tech. And um, the reason I'm going to say that is because I have no research behind this, but it feels like every time a team, um, as my dog throws down his (laughs) bone right now, um, and just pure frustration of me talking into a microphone for an hour. Um, it seems like every time that a team has that kind of win where they go into a top 10 team, there's a huge letdown the next week. Um, and yeah. maybe there's a huge letdown for Texas Tech. I mean, shit, they should have won that game. Um, but really what it comes down to for me is I think this defense figured something out last week, and I know a lot of people would laugh at me um, and will laugh at me when they hear that. But this defense played a lot better than people think. 
300 total yards yeah. of offense yeah. in the before the final three minutes. Now, give credit to Texas, and you got to, you know, at the same time, knock Texas Tech's defense for just playing prevent. Coach Patterson is already taking credit for that. We talked about the, that in the earlier uh, podcast this week. So when you look at what Texas Tech did, that's super impressive. So really what I'm going to look for is, okay, Kansas State really has three weapons. We talked about them already, right? You got Taylor, you got Vaughn, you got Moore. I'm going to think that one of those linebackers for Texas Tech, maybe it's Merriweather, maybe it's Jeffers, helps not eliminate Moore, but, you know, contain him. That's the tight end. Vaughn, maybe it's Monroe. And then you have Taylor. That's going to be the problem is the guy on the outside, Taylor, right? I would assume Adrian Fry or Zach McPherson is going to be on him. Yeah. I'm going to probably take Adrian Fry, who is going to be my defensive player of the game. I think yeah. he has a pick this week, and I think it's going to be a huge one that kills a drive for Kansas State. And then Texas Tech goes down and scores and gets a two-possession lead in the you know range of 10 points. Um, because Adrian Fry, he's just too talented to be playing the way he's yeah. been playing lately. He, yeah. he is. Everybody remembers his freshman year. He was great. He was an All-American. He just hasn't been that. Last year, he played safety because the team needed him. He was out of position. This year, he's back at corner, and he's shown flashes, but he just hasn't been the Adrian Friday we saw as a freshman. So yeah. I think this is the week he kind of gets back on track and really starts being that Adrian Fry that he was as a freshman. On the offensive side, you already know who I'm going to pick because I've been talking about him on Twitter for the past two weeks and how he needs to get the ball in his damn hands more, Yost. If you watch this, give him the damn ball. It's Keyshawn Carter, okay? If Keyshawn Carter does not have 100 yards in this game, I will personally go down to Yost and just ask why until it happens. Like, I will be that guy. I I mean, it's just insane to me because we talked about it again on the earlier podcast – He's been targeted 18 times, Tobias. He's got 16 passes. You need to put the ball in his hands more, man. He's a track star. This guy was running a 60-meter dash for Texas Tech track and field, and he was winning races. He wasn't just there. He was winning, right? So, like, and he's so slippery. Like, a fish is more, like, has more friction on it than Keyshawn Carter. (laughs) Okay, like I, I just don't understand. Like, give him the ball more. Utilize the middle of the field. Utilize Koontz. I would love to see Townsend running some Texas routes or angle routes and confusing them instead of running that outside like you were talking about, the sweeps. Cut back inside, and you got that linebacker on its heels, and Townsend with his 4-5 or five speed, you don't know what could happen, right? So I'm going to say Keyshawn Carter's the player of the game. I think he goes for like 7, 120, and a TD. Um, for Texas Tech, and I think Texas Tech wins 38-31, um, a nail-biter through and through. Wouldn't have it any other way if you're a Texas Tech fan. Yeah, but I could, yeah, my second pick on defense was for I think that he does get an interception or he forces some type of turnover this week as well. But, yeah, I like um, – man, yeah, you like Carter, he needs to touch the ball. I mean, he's a, he's a track star. I mean, every time he touches the ball, something crazy is going to happen. And like I said, you can't say Bohm doesn't have options. You have Vasher, you have Easy, you have Carter. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks wish they had – you know, that type of town around them. So I think that Bowman, it really comes down to Bowman, you know, they're going to bring pressure. He has to just be, you know, poised, you know, don't panic. You know, you don't have to go for the home run every time. Get singles, get singles. You know, you don't have to hit, you don't have to go for the home run play every single time. And that's what got us in trouble last week. If you keep hitting singles, my coach told me this when I was playing baseball, if you keep hitting singles, eventually you have to cross home. Yeah, eventually. You know, it might take you four times, but you gotta, you gotta cross home eventually. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, again, we're going to have the post-game show on the Facebook page. Casey Cowan will join me. Hopefully he won't be at a Nelly and Snoop Dogg concert. Did you watch that last week, Tobias? Yeah, Nelly and Snoop Dogg concert. 
Yeah, yeah. Casey was doing the post game show at a Nelly and Snoop Dogg concert in Lubbock. They were in Lubbock last weekend. Really? Yeah. Nelly and Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Wow, I, I did I did not know that. Who 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 put this on? Who I don't know. I, for, I I forgot. I think it was like a local radio station or something. I could be wrong. Wow. They got Snoop in the 806. Wow. I know Nelly probably needs the money, but Snoop, I didn't I didn't think that Snoop would have done that. Yeah, was Snoop was out there. Damn it. Wish I was there, but okay. <laughs> it, apparently it was a good time. But yeah, we'll have Casey Cowan on uh, the post game show. I'll be on there with him tomorrow. You can come over and uh Give us your instant reaction over on the Guns Up Nation Facebook page. Again, he's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. You can follow me at RCMB323. Just got an update from Texas Tech Volleyball. They do lose to the number 13 team in the country. Three sets to one um, up in Ames, Iowa. Yeah, go ahead, Tobias. Oh, and fans, be patient with the Mac thing. I've been seeing them get a little bit more rowdy as the day is going I get it. We all want to see him play. I really want to see him play too, but be be be, be patient. It, well, the, I mean, the, 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 the NCAA is going in order. Yeah, the waiver. Yeah, the the waivers are going in order. People just look at who yeah. when it happened, when Burton happened, and then look who happened after Burton and how long you know Mac was down the line. But I keep telling mm-hmm. people because I keep getting texts. I'm sure you do too. Hey, is Mac going to play this year? Or when are they going to approve him? Like, listen. You know, you and I have talked about it. They got more important things to worry about, first of all, yeah, like the schedule. Um, and then second of all, it's going in order. You just have to stay patient. You know, they're releasing about, what, five a week? Yeah. It seems like five important ones a week, I should say, like big ones um, or bigger ones. So I would assume, you know, again, we, we've told you all for a while, I bet you this is done by mid-October. Yeah. Um, and if it's not, if it's November – and it's not yeah, done. Not, you can panic. Yeah. yeah, you can panic. You can panic at that point. Um, but I, I would assume this is going to be over by – I would assume they announce it between October 13th and o- October 17th. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good date. I think yeah, it's going to be in between there. Because they're still trying to figure out, like, scheduling and things like that too right now. So they're dealing with a lot. Cause they're, they're, they even have to, like, work with um universities individually because, you know, 76% of schools will be out by, you know – that's by the by, um, you know, uh, banks even, but you know, the yeah. other the rest of them, they're not going to be out. You know, 24% of schools are still going to be in school. So, how what do you do for those kids? They're trying, probably trying to figure that out as well. Yeah, there's a lot to do right now, you know, in terms of yeah. certain bubbles. You know, I, I saw a university, I forgot who it was. Um, it's in the south, they're going to have their own bubble mm. and have four teams come in there and play in their own little tournament, and it's going to be like a bubble situation. Okay. Um, so that's going to be interesting. But, yeah, no, just stay patient on Mac. It'll happen. We'll hear the news. And if it doesn't, you can freak out at the NCAA again. Um, But, again, he's Tobias Bass. You can follow him at Tobias underscore Bass on Twitter. I'm RC Maxwell. You can follow me at RCMB323. Be sure to go follow Guns Up Nation on the Facebook page. Got a lot of great content coming out there. And be sure to go interact with us tomorrow on the Facebook page when you got the postgame show and Casey Cowan joining me to talk about hopefully a Texas Tech win. But we'll see how that goes. Spies, what was your score again? It was 41-38. 41-38. Tobias got a Tech win. I got a Tech win, 38-31. Again, he's Tobias Bass. I'm R.C. Maxfield. We'll catch you all next time, guys. And as always, be kind to others and wear a mask.
Thanks for listening to the Guns Up Nation podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the podcast hosts and do not reflect the opinions of Texas Tech University or its affiliates. Visit our website at GunsUpNation.com for more Texas Tech news. Thanks again and Guns Up.